This is the DGen Football Podcast. I am your host, Darius, and with me, as always, my two good friends, Mitch and Bean. And boys, welcome to the playoffs. Uh, it is officially that time. The regular season is over. A little sad about that, especially as we say goodbye to some of our teams. But I think we're in for a real treat when it comes to these 2022-2023 playoffs. So we've got a great episode in store today. We're going to kick it off with our winners and losers of Week 18. And then we're going to look at all the teams that did not make the playoffs and have, of those teams, our winners of the season as well as our losers of the season. That way we can look at some of the positives and negatives of teams that did not make the playoffs. But as we said, it is wild card weekend. So we're going to give you our betting preview with our locks of the week, our long shot bets, our highs, our lows. And then since there's no Thursday night football, we're swapping that out with our prop bet of the week. Finally, we've got a special uh, challenge, a little friendly competition in store. Uh, so you have to wait around for that and see what that is. It will re- uh, result in one of us buying a parlay for one of the others. And finally, we're going to give our Super Bowl predictions. So we're going to be talking all the games this week. We're going to be giving a lot of previews, a lot of predictions, most of which I'm sure will be wrong, but it should be a pretty exciting episode. So before we get there, Let's look back to week 18. Bean, how are you? And who was your winner of week 18? Well, what a crazy week it was. Um, And it's, uh, as you mentioned, it's 2023. It's the playoffs. The stakes are high. And uh, yeah, let's get to it. But last week, um, I thought the Falcons were my winner of the week. I think, look, it was a game where they could not obviously advance to the playoffs because of the bucks and they're they're, they're already basically sealed it but i think i think the way desmond ritter played uh throwing his first couple of touchdowns in the nfl didn't turn the ball over i think that was a good statement win for the falcons at home uh they, they've struggled to put up offense you know since cordero patterson's been in and out and the running back core has sort of been like a committee at some point in the season uh, I think I think the Falcons were my winner of the week just because of the statement they made to uh, Tom Brady and, and, and the Buccaneers as they head into the playoffs. So they're my winner of the week. Love it. And uh, as UC grads, I think it was uh, – I speak for all of us in saying that uh, we're really happy for Desmond Ritter. Hopefully that was the spark he needed to jump into a great year too. I don't know if you saw his post-game press conference – but he seems to have a lot of confidence going into this offseason. So great for him and the Falcons. Mitch, your winner of the week. You know, my winner of the week is summed up in a perfect moment, and it is an opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Happened in the Bills game, and you really couldn't have asked for a better way to kick off, off our amazing weekend of football than that singular moment. It is my clear winner of the week. Yeah, that was uh, really exciting for me, especially, I have to admit, I was uh, watching all the games and I just hadn't clicked over to that game yet. And uh, 
as something for the Bills to try to get the Steelers into the playoffs. That was a, a very exciting moment for me. Obviously, the Jets couldn't pull through, but uh, yeah, what a fun way to start the weekend. Uh, my winner of the week is the Detroit Lions. Um, they were eliminated from the playoffs before their game even started. They had to go into Lambeau where historically they don't win. And they took it to the Packers, eliminating Aaron Rodgers from the playoffs and uh, really capping off a, a great season for them after starting two and six uh, winning record. Uh, they could be dangerous next year, depending on what they do in the off season. So winners of the week, the Detroit Lions. Love it. I, I love it, especially when you look at the fact that they might have finally gotten rid of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay with that one as well. Uh, the quote afterwards of Jamison Williams asking for Aaron's jersey, and he said, I'm going to hold on to this one. Yeah. Yeah, you have to wonder, is he is he done for good, or is he going to be looking for a trade? Although the, the trade rumors every year happen for Aaron Rodgers, so we'll see. Uh, losers of the week. Mitch, I'll start with you. Who is your loser of week 18? You know, to, to keep picking on the Packers, uh, I'm going to go with pushing trainers. Uh, Quay Walker, I'm going to look at him. And I realized this wasn't the first time this season he'd been ejected from a game. It was his second for pushing someone. The first time was on the sideline. I think he pushed an assistant coach and was ejected from that game. And then he followed it up with pushing a trainer in the middle of the field. Not a great look. Yeah, no. And that's, I, I kind of felt for him because like, you know, somebody comes running into the pile bumping into you but i feel like you got to stop and realize that it's a trainer for a hurt player and not somebody like trying to mess with you so yeah not a great look especially after everyone's on their high praises for athletic trainers after the whole uh demar hamlin thing uh bean loser of the week all right so i had i had the uh aaron aaron Rodgers and green bay packers as one of my losers but my main loser of the week are teams Losing just before entering the playoffs. I'm looking at the Cowboys, uh, the Buccaneers, and uh, who was the third team who lost, who's making the playoffs? Well, anyway, those two. Um, I just think it's a, uh, the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers are, my, are the third team who lost coming into the playoffs. And I, I just think that's a bad beat going into the playoffs. You want to be playing your best football before entering the playoffs you know the Chargers, especially we don't know whether mike williams is going to play against the jaguars uh the buccaneers got absolutely toasted as i mentioned earlier by the falcons um it, so it's just a, it's just a bad beat entering the playoffs you don't you don't want to lose by two scores and then there's the cowboys losing by three scores to the washington football team and sam howell um i mentioned earlier dak prescott i think has the most picks in this season and he's played five games less than Davis Mills, who he's tied with. So that's just crazy. So you don't want to be entering the playoffs in that in that way. So they're my losers of the week. Yeah, great pick. And I'll add in the uh, the Baltimore Ravens lost as well before oh, right. they get their revenge game uh, in the third time playing the Bengals this week. Uh, but I, I feel like with your backup third-string quarterback actually losing to a division rival, if anything – that's the only case I think it might give you momentum going into the playoffs because now you're even more motivated to beat your rival. Yep. Um, especially if Lamar Jackson comes back and plays this week. He's currently questionable. Um, 
but I get the feeling that's not a guy that wants to miss a playoff game. Yeah, and no, even in the press conference uh, after the the loss to Cincinnati, Harbaugh uh, Harbaugh was saying, you know, the scores are zero zero now, and we're just looking to go one and zero oh and like take it week on. But yeah, I think I think that's important for the Ravens too, is that they they hope to get Lamar back. I don't think they get Lamar back, but as you said, big revenge game for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my loser of the week, you kind of already touched on it, so I won't uh, overkill the point but it was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Again, just like you said, you lose all of your team's momentum going into the playoffs when you lose to Sam Howell, a quarterback that's never started a game before. Uh, Your star quarterback throws under 50% of his passes. Your leading rusher has 19 yards. Um, Everything that the Cowboys have had going for them uh, was completely lost there in that game, which again, I'm sure they'll bounce back this week, but uh, they don't have an easy matchup in, in facing Tom Brady, who has never lost to the Cowboys. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I think that's going to be one of the most exciting games and I'm glad it gets its solo spot on Monday night this week. Um, but yeah, that's our winners and losers of the week. A quick little transition. So we're going to look at the regular season as a whole, specifically at the teams that did not make the playoffs. So we're going to be picking our winners and our losers of the season. So again, starting with a positive note, Bean, I'll bounce it right back to your winner of this season, the regular season. Well, I guess we'll sound like a little bit of a broken record, but uh, the Detroit Lions and specifically Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinators, um, They've done a fantastic job. As I think one of you mentioned earlier, they started one and six, uh, and then they beat Green Bay. They they beat some really good teams. They beat Minnesota at home by two scores. The who were in the playoffs, they knock Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs in Lambeau on a cold January evening, uh, potentially in his last game of his, of his career for the Packers. Uh, I think I think you have to be like a, a sort of a one motivator to like take a team that's been one and six and then take them to a winning record, especially to where the Lions were last year. Uh, The running game is with Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift is perfect. I think they have their perfect third down backs and, you know, the, the chunk, the chunk plays everything figured out. Uh, Their wide receiver core looks very entertaining. Of course, they put up a lot of points. Uh, So just in terms of entertainment and, you know, what they've achieved this season. I think the Detroit Lions, uh, as we've alluded to earlier, are, are my pick for winner of the season for teams that unfortunately didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And uh, if they can really start to bring together some of their defensive weapons next year, uh, I think they're going to be really dangerous because there was a lot of weeks that they put up a lot of points and still lost. So if they can improve their defense... They've got some great weapons already on offense, especially young weapons. So uh, yeah. we'll see. The Watch out. Lions uh, as the dark horse to win the NFC North in 2024. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't bet against it. <laughs> uh, Mitch, your winner of the season. Well, boys, I'm going to ask a very simple question. Would you rather be the team with the number one overall pick or the first team out of the playoff? Ooh. Well, I mean, we just talked about 
the first team out of the playoff and the Detroit Lions and how they've got some positive news. But something tells me you're going to talk about the Bears, um, who yes. also have some talk, <laughs> some positive <laughs> news. Um, yeah. So I'm honestly, say... I, I don't, I don't, I don't not want to be either of those teams. Both of those teams have momentum going into the next year. Exactly. But I'm going to say why the Bears are the better selection in this case. You know, to me, it's one thing if you've got a big question mark at quarterback, you're not sure where that future is going to go. But the Bears have the most important piece in a rebuild at the quarterback position. I think everybody throughout the entire league, unless you're the random couch potato sitting on Twitter, thinks Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future there. So they have the number one pick. They can do whatever they want with it. They can take a, you know, a cornerstone franchise altering defensive player and Will Anderson with that number one pick. They could trade it to any number of teams throughout the league that want to get a quarterback because they don't really care if someone wants to trade up and take CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Somebody can trade up because they want to get ahead of the Texans. The Texans might end up flipping that number two and number, I think it's 12 pick to make sure that nobody else takes the quarterback they want. So to me, they just have so many options going into this offseason. They have a ton of cap space to go out and get, uh, you know, a couple of big receivers. I saw today that the Cardinals are interested in trading DeAndre Hopkins away. So to me, this could be the start of a really great rebuild for the Bears. And, you know, what else can you be looking forward to as a team that missed the playoffs than a great offseason? Yeah, um, and I'm going to build on your point with the Bears overtaking the Texans for uh, the first overall pick. The Steelers now get the number one pick in round two this year uh, because of the Chase Claypool trade. So it is basically a first round pick because there's only 31 teams picking in the first round this year. Correct. So, um, yeah, great, uh, great move for the Bears who I think, like you said, are on the up and up. And who knows, maybe the Packers are going to drop to the bottom of the NFC North here within the next couple of years. Um, but I already mentioned it. I have, an, I have a homer pick just like you did. It's the Steelers, winner of the season of teams that didn't make the playoffs um, because they have that high draft pick. Um, but more importantly, uh, they've built around the defense, and finally the Steelers' offense is looking competent. After also starting 2-6, and six, they ended 9-8 and eight, just like the Lions. Um, Kenny Pickett, my one goal from this season as a Steelers fan was for him to look like the future franchise quarterback. I think he did that. He's got a lot of room to grow, but he looked good. He's got that killer instinct. Uh, the running game starting to come together with Najee Harris. The offensive line was surprisingly good. Um, Matt Canada, as much as I don't like him as an offensive coordinator, did start calling some better games there at the end of the season. So definitely ended on a high note, especially when you beat the Browns by two scores uh, to wrap up your season. So winner of the season, Steelers, next year they'll be back in the playoffs. Yeah, Darius, for the sake of uh... – Mike Tomlin's record of never having a losing season. I'm glad they won that last game. <laughs> For the sake of just seeing Deshaun Watson lose, I'm glad that they <laughs> won that last oh, yeah. game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, great. Um, everyone gave their winners, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay. 
Bean, back to you, your loser of this season. All right, so I, I was in a bit of a dilemma, but then I, I went with my gut instinct. So my two my two candidates for losers of the season were the Raiders or the Colts. And I had to pick the Colts because of the kind of clown show that happened. If If we were doing this episode last year, I would pick the Raiders. But the Colts have been through everything that happened to the Raiders in in the past couple of seasons. Uh, the GM going crazy, uh, hiring hiring coaches who don't deserve to be there, uh, musical chairs at quarterback, uh, all this sort of off-field drama, uh, and then you know benching Matty Ice. It, it's it's just all these injuries. The the bad PR on the Colts this season was just was just terrible. And the way they ended the season with that fourth down touchdown, as we were mentioned, we I think we discussed it before we started recording, uh, and the two point conversion, that sort of uh, quantified their season. The biggest comeback in history of the NFL was against them, uh, and this in this Colts defense that was historically like decent, at least in the past few years, is now like it gets shredded. You know, I think at one point they even gave up fifty points at Dallas. And Jeff Saturday's reign, at least as temporary uh, boss, came to end with, uh, I think it was like five straight losses. Um, and, and you know, this season was in the bin anyway for the Colts. But I think, I think you know, they're one of the worst fran- they were one of the worst franchises this year uh, in a terrible AFC South as well. It was an opportunity for them with the, with the Titans not being as good. So I think, yeah, with everything that's happened on and off the field, the Colts are my losers this season. Yeah, and and I think you hit the nail on the head with everything that you said. Um, they had high expectations coming into the year. Not necessarily a Super Bowl season, but, I mean, they really had a shot. I picked them to win the AFC South this year because mm-hmm. um, it seemed like last year their only missing piece was quarterback, and, man, did they have some holes open up in that team. So, yeah, great pick. I think they – they're now in just kind of a lost rebuilding stage. I don't even know what their next step is because at this point they don't even have their quarterback of the future. So right. uh, they've definitely got some work to do. Um, Mitch, your loser of the season. Well, this kind of ties into what I went along with the bears for the winner. Ooh, looking up stuff online just to get some stats for you guys. But, uh, the Texans are going to be the loser of the season purely for the fact that they won a game. And that royally messed them up in the draft. They had the easiest path to the number one pick. All they had to do was lose, and they pick whoever they want, whatever quarterback they want. In order to get that choice now, they're probably going to have to give up two, if not three, first-round picks so that someone doesn't jump above them. So they would have to take the Bears, pick away at number one. Because looking through it, the Colts at number four, the Seahawks at five, the Lions at six, the Raiders at seven, all need quarterbacks. The Falcons, Desmond Ritter looks like he might be a good future, but they you know, have been in the talks about a quarterback. The Panthers at nine and the Jets at 13 all could take a quarterback. And all of them are going to want to jump up ahead of the Texans to get first shot. So, yeah. Sometimes winning a game just isn't worth it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, they were also my pick for loser of the season. Uh, adding on to your points, not only did they give up the first 
uh, overall pick, but um, they also lost me some money because I had a season long future on them to have the fewest regular season wins. And obviously I ended up tying that number, which lost to be about half of my profits off of that bet. Um, so that's a selfish reason, but the final reason that they are losers of the season is they have now in back-to-back years fired their coach after only one season. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, if you would have asked me going into the year, if the Texans would end with three wins and a tie, would that be a success for Lovey Smith? I would argue yes. That team has, in my opinion, very few weapons. Um, not really many people to build a team around. So they are pretty much starting from scratch. Now you don't even have your veteran coach to help you do that. So now you're building a whole team and a whole coach that that organization outside of the Indianapolis Colts might be the biggest dumpster fire. Yeah. And when I look at head coaching vacancies, the Texans is by far the least attractive. There's some pretty unattractive ones out there this season. The Colts, not looking great. The Broncos, not looking great. Yeah, but I mean the Broncos, you've got a, a multi, like a hundred, couple hundred dollar, million dollar quarterback. So like, right, who's won a Super Bowl before? So right, but both of those are still a lot better than what you walk into with the Texans. So they have, to me, no shot at getting that elite head coaching hire that they are looking forward to. Um, I think the best name I've seen thrown around has been Sean Payton. I don't think there's a chance that he goes to the Texans. If he goes somewhere, he's going to want to walk in and be able to win right away. Yeah, I could see Sean Payton to the Broncos, really. I believe I saw that the Saints were allowing him to talk to the Broncos. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, even the the Cardinals have a decent uh, head coaching opening. So, yeah. Yeah, At least they have a quarterback. Exactly. Is it one that plays Call of Duty too much? Maybe, but <laughs> it's it's at least a quarterback, right? <laughs> um, great work. Yeah, that's a wrap on the 2022-2023 NFL regular season. Um, let's get into our betting preview for the Wild Card Weekend. We were mentioning before we got on the recording that every single matchup this weekend is a repeat matchup of at least one regular season game, uh, which is kind of fun because you've got revenge games, you've got teams trying to hold on to streaks, a lot of factors, teams that know each other really well in division rivals. So I think it makes the betting actually really difficult this weekend because a lot of these teams know each other so well. But we've got to have some certainty So let's kick things off with our locks of the week. Mitch, I'll let you kick it off. What do you like? All right. I'm going with the very first game of the week, and I am taking the San Francisco 49ers minus nine and a half. That's a huge spread to cover that in the playoffs. Does seem a bit wild, especially with the rookie quarterback, but They won by eight points a few weeks ago in Seattle. Earlier in the season, when it was in San Francisco, they won by 20. They've added Christian McCaffrey since that game. To me, the 49ers are only going up. 
the Seahawks' magical little run this season. While it was great, Geno Smith set the franchise record for passing. I just don't think they can hang with the 49ers in this one. That's a weird statement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Geno Smith definitely did not write back this season. So shout out to him and the Seahawks for making the playoffs. Uh, Ten or nine and a half, ten is a big spread, but the 49ers have been awesome at home. And I agree. I don't think the Seahawks have the defensive weapons to stop the 49ers and the 49ers have a good enough defense to slow down the Seahawks. I do think the possibility of a backdoor cover is there in a game like this, but I think the 49ers should cover that spread. Bean, your lock of the week. So Mitch, I'm not going to lie. My lock of the week was also the 49ers minus nine and a half, just because of their recent form and everything you said. Uh, So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to say, the Cincinnati Bengals by a touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens is my lock of the week. Uh, obviously, AFC North, I know like these games are very unpredictable. You can never sort of have a similar result again and again. But trust me, the Bengals, especially after that win and the way they came out in the press conference and they were like, we're going to smoke cigars after winning the AFC again this year. That just tells me the kind of confidence that's going on in the in the dressing room uh, in for the Bengals. And we don't even know if the Ravens are going to have Lamar Jackson again this week. Uh, he's been questionable for a whole month. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know how the Ravens are going to keep up with the Bengals scoring in this game. So give me the Bengals minus seven. And the Bengals are another team that have been awesome at home this season. But because that's a division game, um, well, obviously the Seahawks 49ers are too. Uh, but... AFC division, AFC North division game, I guess specifically, it always concerns me to take a team to win by more than a score. But I think, like you said, with Lamar Jackson being such a question mark, I think if he is announced out, the line is probably going to go to Bengals by eight and a half, maybe even nine. So, yeah, I think jumping in on them now by a touchdown could be a good investment. Especially yeah. after the Bengals losing in the Super Bowl, they the way they did last year, that that is where their mind is. Like they they are eyes on the prize, trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's me. This is kind of a scorn team. The NFL kind of did them in with all of their rulings on not completing the the game against the Bills and all of the playoff implications that's had for them. I think they're out to prove a point now. Absolutely agreed. Uh, my lock of the week is the LA Chargers minus a point and a half. Um, They obviously lost by 28 the first time they faced the Jaguars this season. However, about half of the Chargers offense was out. Justin Herbert was playing on broken ribs. And I think that the Chargers have something to prove. The Jaguars, again, great story, turning it around from Urban Meyer and the crap shoot of the season they had last year. But I still don't think that they're an elite-level team. The Chargers were actually my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl, and I think that now that they're getting healthy, they have a lot of firepower that I just don't think that the Jaguars are going to keep up with this time around. Yeah, Darius, this game could either make or break Brandon Staley's like Charger career. I really do think that because 
he has like weapons. He has a very good team. Uh, one of the, I think, a top ten quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, but I don't know if there's gonna be Mike Williams for this game, and it's in Jacksonville. Not that that's a big home advantage, but actually, even if the game was in LA, it would be a char- it would be a Jacksonville home advantage. But <laughs> the Chargers are always used to playing away games. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Damn, I just walked into that. Uh, but yeah, I I just think I just. Uh, I don't know. This game is kind of like a coin flip in my mind. Uh, not to make a joke on the Bengals, but <laughs> yeah, I, it, it could go either way. I, I I think the Chargers should win. But again, as I said, Brandon Staley's career with the Chargers probably rests on this game. Yeah, I just I'm really buying into the like the Chargers are out for revenge with this. Like they are not happy with how the first matchup went and they've really got something to prove because they're always viewed as the team that um like I, I who was it at the beginning of the year i want to say it was like booger mcfarland or somebody that called them a social media team um <laughs> where they they look great on paper and on the internet but they're not actually that good i think they've got something to prove and they're gonna have a, a big win i almost took them as my long shot to win by a whole bunch but i think they're gonna have a big win this week for the sake of the parlay i hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh we're O and O guys going into the wild card weekend. <laughs> Our lock of the week parlay uh, this week is going to be Chargers. It is going to be uh, Bengals, and it is going to be 49ers. And uh, for the sake of this podcast, we are O and O boys. Let's go one and O. I mean, uh, it is a true fact. We have not lost this year. <laughs> correct. Yeah, correct. True. We have not lost a lock of the week parlay this year um great well let's go to our long shot bets bean i'll kick it right back over to you something plus 200 odds or higher all right so i know we discussed this like before we started recording but we i wasn't able to find a a good long shot just looking at the uh the spreads so i have to take an alternate line and i took the tampa bay buccaneers minus four at plus 200 and it's a it's an interesting score line to look at but the way the Cowboys played last week, you know, if if the Buccaneers can, you know, stop the stop the Cowboys running game or at least like control Tony Pollard, uh, it, it brings some pressure into Dak. And then in in even from the from the Buccaneers side of things, if Todd Bowles is actually gutsy and does not run the ball on first down for once, uh, I think this could be a game the Buccaneers win. Uh, so that's my long shot. Bean, um. You and I were thinking on similar wavelengths. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pulling out the old uh, saying. It's been true for pretty much my entire lifetime. You never bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Obviously, they're only two and a half point dogs, so I had to take them at an alternate line. I'm taking them not at minus four. I'm taking them at minus six and a half. For plus 290 Ooh. so we're it's a real long shot there and yeah I, the tom brady's never lost to the cowboys the cowboys are known for choking in the playoffs the cowboys had that brutal loss to the commanders last week i just i think the cowboys are going to be a great regular season team who gets put in their place especially having to play in a way game I, I think the Buccaneers are going to come in and steamroll the Cowboys. 
Yeah, even that Cowboys defense in last couple of games, they they give up a bunch of points to Jacksonville in which they lost. They give a, a bunch of points to the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, and they give a bunch of points up to Washington. So that's a terrible way to end the season. So I agree with you. I think I think you never bet against Tom Brady. I was not thinking of that directly, but you know, intuitively, I was like, wait, he's at home. It's a playoff game. The Cowboys love to choke. It's written in the stars. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Buccaneers don't have a bad defense. They've not been playing up to their standard, I think, because of injuries for a lot of the year. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they've had a pretty tough schedule. Um, so I think I think they have the potential. And that's why it's a long shot bet. But I think they have the potential to take down the Dallas Cowboys and buy quite a bit this uh, this week. Absolutely. All right, Mitch, round us out. All right, I'm going to continue the trend of underdogs that are going to come back and win big. And we are going with the New York Giants, minus four against the Vikings at plus 215. I think the Vikings got exposed a couple of weeks ago. They got absolutely hammered by the Packers, who are not a good team. I think the Giants are a much better team. And I still just don't believe in the Vikings. So I'm betting against them. Yeah, and that, that was a brutal way for the Giants to lose because uh, they went to Minnesota just a few weeks ago and they lost on that 61-yard field goal as time expired. So that, that was a brutal way to lose. And I'm with you. I, I think the Giants are going to win this game. Yep. I, I agree as well. They they're, They match up really well with the Vikings. And if, you know, if Daniel Jones can, like, get, like, a few rushing yards here and there, and if they run the ball well with Saquon Barkley, like, they should win this game. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the thing, too. When the Vikings lose, they tend to lose big. <laughs> Correct. You got yeah. that right. <laughs> yeah. They've been winning the one-possession games, but they lose big. So, I mean, honestly, hold on. Let me, let me look. The New York Giants minus 10 is plus 498. <laughs> i don't know if i love that but um <laughs> I mean, the, min- the minus four i can see the minus yes, four I, can I, see. I, I like the minus four you might even be able to if you really wanted to be crazy push it to minus six and a half for plus 304 yeah like that that's what i did with the paper with the the buccaneers yeah so uh, and it honestly i partially did that too because i had a, a brain fart and thought that our long shot of the week had to be plus 300 odds um Oops. Oh, well, bigger wins if, if it, if it happens, <laughs> but I'm going to be really sad whenever the Buccaneers win by six <laughs> and I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Let's go to our overs of the week. I'll kick this one off and I have the Ravens and the Bengals over 42 points. I think so. They hit 43 just this last week uh, with, the Ravens third string quarterback. Um, and I think if Lamar comes back, that automatically will add a few points. Yes. I realize they had a very low scoring game early in the season. Yes. I know AFC North football, especially in the playoffs is low scoring, but these two teams, especially the Bengals have such high powered potential for scoring that 42 is just such a low over under that I had to take the over. Yeah, I almost picked that one as my over of the week, too. I did pick that one as the over of the week for all of those reasons. 
They combined for 36 points earlier in the season. So they were one touchdown away on what was probably the least offensive game that either one of those teams played all season. Yeah, the the Bengals just seem to be clicking too much on offense. I, I really could see the Bengals put up, putting up 30 points themselves, and then all you need is two touchdowns from the Ravens. So, um, Yeah, the Bengals' last games have been 27, 22, 34, 23, 27, 20, 37, 42, 32, 35, 30. The last game they scored less than 20 points was against the Ravens on October 9th. Yeah, so I'll take my chances with this over. <laughs> yeah, and I was looking at some of the other ones, Bean. I'll let you throw in who yours was, but um, I was looking at some of the other ones, and as much as I like a lot of points to be scored, like over-unders of 48 and a half, 47 and a half, that's just that was just a little little too many points for a playoff game that I really felt like giving up. But Bean, who was your over? Well, my over happened to be one of the 47 and a half series. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. It was, yeah, it was the, uh, the Chargers Jacksonville game. Uh, no logic. Just uh, the fact that they both have very average defenses and pretty decent offenses. Trevor Lawrence this year, Justin Herbert in general, uh, could see Austin Eckler having a good game. Uh, Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk. Uh, hopefully Mike Williams plays, but I think 47 between these two teams should be an easy hit. Yeah, I, I did almost pick this one, but in the back of my mind, I was just really nervous of like one of those Trevor Lawrence just kind of, I don't know. Three INT days. Yeah, yeah exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah, like 19 of 50 for... 150 yards and three picks like i just that kept flashing in my mind and so i just i couldn't do it you just gotta hope that those three ints are pick sixes (laughs) i mean for the sake of my lock of the week i hope so yeah (laughs) all right let's go to our unders of the week being i'll jump right back to you what do you like to be a low scoring game all right, this time I went against my logic and I said 48 and a half in the Vikings Giants game is way too much. I think at some point in one of our previous episodes, we mentioned that the Giants only put up like, say, somewhere between 17 and 20 points per game. I could see that happening again. I know the game they played each other was kind of an outlier where Greg Joseph hit that 61 yard field goal. Uh, I think there's going to be a slightly lower scoring game because, like you said, playoff games are slightly lower scoring. Um, but also the Giants defense has tightened up a lot and the Vikings don't put up as many points as they recently did. Also that Colts game was an outlier. So I think, I think they'll probably cancel each other out a little bit in this 48 and a half is a lot of points, as I mentioned. So that's my under. I like it. I love, you Um, know, being, I also picked that as my under. Damn, Mitch, we're, we're having some like telepathy today. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, the three of us have, have a lot of overlap. Uh, and Mitch, you brought up the question coming into the episode of would less games cause us to go against each other more or agree more? And I'm seeing a lot of agreement. So likely everyone listening should fade us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're bound to, to fail. Yeah, I didn't pick this game as my under just because both of these offense uh, offenses can explode on any given day, but I agree that 
the Giants, if they want to win this game, they need to keep the ball on the ground, whether that's Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. It needs to be on the ground. And then the Vikings, yeah, their offense is so fluky that one week they'll put up 40 and the next they'll put up three. So yep. who knows? <laughs> Uh, my under is the Seahawks 49ers and being it's for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned earlier with, I think the 49ers are going to dominate this game and I could see this game being like a 28 to 10 type of final 31 to 10. I think it's going to be really close to that line, but I just don't think the Seahawks are going to put off enough points uh, to hit the over the two games that they played earlier in the year, as Mitch mentioned, it was 27 to seven and 21, 13, neither of which were close to 42 and a half. So I don't think they're going to be close on this one either. Yeah. Don't think the Seahawks are going to put that many points up. And, and, and like you said, like it, it's either going to be Gino or Kenneth Walker is going to, ha- they're going to have to make some big plays and like the 49ers defense, they have playmakers everywhere. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's a 28-10. I, th- I think that's a pretty good score prediction, too. Thanks, thanks. Maybe I'll throw a couple bucks on uh, exact score. <laughs> Ooh. Those those payouts are crazy. I've never – I've put, like – I only ever do it on, like, the Super Bowl or whatever, but it's, it's like, 2,000 to 1 type odds. So, uh, it is pretty crazy. Maybe not that high, but still, pretty crazy odds. Um, yeah. Well, one note that I just thought of for the 49ers, could you imagine last year, or I guess two drafts ago now, had they not picked Trey Lance and gone with Justin Fields, how ridiculous this team would be? That is crazy to think about, like all the options that they could run and everything like that. Their offense, like people talk about the Chiefs being a video game, the 49ers would literally be the ultimate offense. There'd be no way to stop it. Yeah. Well, and I'll fully admit, I never expected them to be potential Super Bowl or at least NFC favorites uh, coming into this season because I thought that they had made a mistake taking Trey Lance. And so I didn't take the 49ers regular season uh, under in wins because I didn't know what was going to happen at quarterback. I never would have guessed Brock Purdy, but Jimmy G I thought might come in and win some games, which he did. But uh, so I I took the, the Trey Lance passing yards under, which unfortunately paid out in the way that it did. But yeah, I can't even imagine if Justin Fields was their quarterback. Anyway, we've got one more bet. It is our weekly playoff prop bet of the week. Mitch, I'll kick it right back to you. Who is your pick? Guys, I'm going down the weird rabbit hole. Jason Myers, over five and a half total points for the Seahawks. (laughs) I am repping my fantasy kicker. He was the number three kicker. He averaged, I think it was like nine points in fantasy per game, which equates to more than five and a half total points in a game. Nice. Yeah. And then with how good the 49ers defense is, I could see all it takes is two field goals. Right. You give me a, a 28 to six final. I'm perfectly happy. Although if it's 28 to 10, that doesn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's why 28 to six works much better. 28 to 13 would also work. That would. Um, 
All right. I like it though. I do like it. That's an interesting one. I was hoping that these prop bets would be fun. And I think that's a great pick. Uh, being yours. Some on-air bargaining to go with it. Love it. Um, I'm doing Jamar Chase over 80 and a half yards against the uh, the Ravens. He Just because he had 86 yards and touchdown in the previous game. Uh, actually, not just that. Because Jamar Chase at home. And he's had he's he's had these games where he just has 150 yards, multiple touchdowns, and I feel like 80 and a half yards. It, it's a little steep for a receiver, but I feel like if there's anybody who can do it, it's probably him. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of yards, and especially with the Bengals having so many other receiving weapons, that one's questionable. However, uh, I do like it just because in a big game like this, you're going to go to your biggest receiver, and that's Jamar Chase. Yeah, he does tend to go off in the playoffs. Correct. Um, and I'll wrap it up. Mine, I also had a receiver prop. I went Keenan Allen over 74 and a half receiving yards. If I was feeling risky, and I actually did bet this as well, but it's not my official pick. I'm also taking him as an anytime touchdown scorer for plus 140. But I love his over 74 and a half yards. I think... The Chargers are going to have to have to and want to pass the ball a ton. And especially with Mike Williams being questionable, as well as Keenan Allen has just been balling out in his past five games. I believe he's only gone under uh, 75 yards once. Hold on, I'm, I accidentally closed that tab, so I don't have it open. But either way, he... Uh, He's been balling out since he's come back from injury, and I think that's just going to continue in the playoffs. Like I said, I picked the Chargers to have a huge offensive explosion, and I think Keenan Allen's a big part of that. Man, you're all in on the Chargers this week, aren't you? <laughs> I kind of am. I really I have a good feeling about them, and uh, if they if they fall through, I'm kind of screwed. But again, here here's his past five games. 102-60 but that was a game that they won by 21, uh, 104, 86, 92. So I like, I like his chances. Yeah. And that wraps us up, right? That's our, our betting preview. Should we move on to our special challenge? I think we should. We should. Yeah. All right. So for the listeners, uh, we decided it would be fun. It kind of started unintentionally a few weeks ago. If throughout the playoffs we have a challenge every week, it's going to be something completely random. The three of us are going to compete against each other. And every week the person in third place is going to buy a parlay for the person in first place every single week. And it's going to be a parlay of that person's choice. So, for example... Whoever wins this week is going to get a parlay bought from them for the divisional round by the last place person. And this week's topic is quarterback passing yards. So we are predicting who will be throw who will throw the most passing yards in the wild card weekend. And again, first place doesn't have to necessarily pick the number one quarterback. It's just between our three guys that we pick who throws the first, second, and third most passing yards. We predetermined the order that we're picking based on a random number generator before the episode. Bean, you got first dibs. 
who is going to throw the most passing yards? Joe Burrow. This is a simple reason that uh, the Bengals are hot. Um, they have, as we mentioned, a good core of receivers. And I had to double down on my Jamar Chase um, prediction from earlier. So Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow are going to light up the Ravens secondary with some explosive throws of 40, 50 yards and above. I think Joe Burrow can easily throw for 300 yards with his eyes closed. So he's my prediction. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, I got the second pick. And with my pick, I am going to be taking Justin Herbert. So I am tripling down on the Chargers this week. Uh, he Justin Herbert threw for 297 yards with broken ribs against the Jaguars. And if he did that with broken ribs, then I like him to throw for well over 300 uh, as a fully healthy quarterback. See, we're picking sides. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch. Um, who is your pick? Oh, boys. There's one game that we really haven't talked about at all. I knew you'd go with this one. <laughs> and I think it's the obvious choice. I think Joe Burrow was probably where my mind went first. But since I had the last pick, I have to go with Josh Allen. Miami might get beat by 50 in this game. They have not been good lately at all. Tua hopefully will not be playing. So that Buffalo Bills offense might have the ball a lot. They might just be hammering it down the throats of the Dolphins. And you know what? We might as well ride with the Bills. Josh Allen, here we go. You know, I almost went with Josh Allen. I felt like he was a really safe pick. However, like you said, I think the Bills are going to win by a whole bunch. Uh, assuming Tua does not play, which I don't – I don't know. I <laughs> that, that man should not be playing the rest of this season uh, just with all the injuries they've had or that he's had to his head. But um, that point aside, I think the Bills could go up by so much that they end up just running the ball the whole game and uh, maybe resting Josh Allen come the fourth quarter if they're up by a lot. Especially, uh, it's also a, a game in January in Buffalo, and who knows what the weather is going to be. Yes, it, it is a bit unpredictable. And I'm hoping the game stays close enough that they can't just run it continuously the whole game but when you're picking third overall you got to go out on a limb a little bit yeah i'm surprised uh, a dark horse that i i thought of was uh kirk cousins you know playing in a dome uh the vikings defense not playing all that well recently and justin jefferson being the nfl's leading receiver i thought he might be a dark horse but yeah, there's our pick. So we've got Bean with Joe Burrow. We've got me with Justin Herbert. And we've got Mitch with Josh Allen. Whoever comes in third place will be buying the first place person a parlay in the divisional round next week, which we will highlight in our episode. And again, we are going solely based on passing yards, total passing yards, nothing else, just the passing yards of those players. Spicy. Yeah. Uh, let's see, before we get to our Super Bowl predictions, any other games that we missed? We talked about Seahawks 49ers, Chargers Jags, Dolphins Bills we didn't really mention. 
the only other thing I'll add is if Tua is back and healthy being the key thing, I could see the Dolphins keeping it close, similar to the game earlier in the year that they had. But I think the Bills are just – they're due. They're due. They've had a couple bad beats in a row as far as how their season ended. And in Buffalo in January, I just I just don't think the Dolphins can hang. Yeah. Go ahead, Bean. No, I was, I was just saying, like, you know, the two receivers that the Dolphins have in June, Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill, like, you know, if, if Tua doesn't play, I mean, you can still involve Tyreek Hill with, like, jet sweeps and things like that. And we saw that incredible touchdown he had against the Chargers where he picked up a fumble and just ran with it for a touchdown. So, like, he he cannot be kept out of the game. But I'm just worried about Jalen Waddle. Like, he's a more tra- – like, he, he requires the ball to be thrown to him. So, I'm, I, you probably got to involve him a little bit more. So, we'll see how the Dolphins keep both of those guys involved. And they're important if they're going to put up any points against the Bills. Yeah. I uh, I just have to say, if there was one game that I wish I could go to this weekend, it would be in Buffalo because it's going to be an absolute madhouse in the parking lots before that game. Yeah, that that would be an, an absolutely electric game. Hopefully, we get to see them host a few more games and uh, hopefully even higher and higher stakes. Uh, I am rooting for the Bills just – Kind of outside of the Chargers uh, this week, I am rooting for the Bills just because uh, great, like uh, they're just a team I choose with. Great fan base, lots of fun. They've had a couple bad beats. Let's let's see them bring it home finally. But speaking of bringing it home, because we touched on all the other games, who is going to bring it home? Let's give. Our Super Bowl predictions, so who's going to be there from the AFC, who's going to be there from the NFC, and who is going to win it all, Bean. All right, so my prediction uh, from our most recent sort of episode where we talked about all our Super Bowl predictions was uh, the 49ers and the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to change that to the 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. That is going to be my new Super Bowl prediction. Uh, simply because the 49ers, well, it doesn't matter who plays a quarterback. As long as that person makes one or two good throws a game, they should be fine. Uh, and for the Cincinnati Bengals, they're the hottest team in the AFC. If the Chiefs, uh, well, the Chiefs have the number one seed. So uh, presumably if uh, things go through uh, Arrowhead as as they have for the last couple of seasons, there's one man who's done it and has beaten the, three, uh, the Chiefs on three occasions in a row. It's Joe Burrow so I think just looking at and I also think the Eagles for how good they've been they still ended the season on a little sour note with the injury to Jalen Hurts and a couple of losses so I think the 49ers have overcome a lot of injuries to be where they are right now so I think the 49ers and the Bengals is my Super Bowl prediction I like it I like it Mitch any comments on that one no I I really like the picks i also picked the cincinnati Bengals. basically all the reasons you said they're super hot going in right now i will be the first one to admit i thought last year their run through the playoffs was a bit fluky kind of came out of nowhere but maybe that was just a really good team and they kind of addressed the biggest problem they had which was protecting joe burrow he's been playing well the entire team's been playing well so i i think that's a really good pick 
I am, however, going to pick the Eagles on the other side. Jalen Hurts is back. This has been the best team in the NFL for 90% of the season. I think they get back to those winning ways in the playoffs. Uh, you know, another week of rest, I think, will will help their cause. Whereas I think the Chiefs, a, a week's rest might hurt their cause. Um, I also don't think the Chiefs really deserved to be gifted home field in that rest quite the way that they were. And to me, honestly, I think the Chiefs are the third best team in the conference. I think the Bills and the Bengals are both better teams than the Chiefs are. Um, but yeah, Bengals, Eagles, there's your Super Bowl. And sorry, guys, I forgot to ask, who do you pick as the winner? Bean, I'll let you go first. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to give it to the 49ers. See, I was going to lean the other way. I was looking at the Bengals. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Uh, well, I'll wrap it up. I did have – so my, my preseason Super Bowl prediction was Packers uh, with the Chargers winning it, winning it all. Uh, midway through the season when we checked in, that pick looked ridiculous because both teams were floundering. The Packers didn't even make the playoffs because of the Lions. And so I'm picking the 49ers from the NFC. I never thought I would do that coming into the season, but I do think that they're the best team in the NFC all around. The Eagles are awesome, and I think it's going to be them and the 49ers in the NFC championship game. I think they're by far the best two teams in the NFC, but the Eagles have had too many funky games where they just – don't look all that great. So I feel like they're going to get picked off. Whereas the 49ers have been pretty consistent, but from the AFC, I felt like I almost went with the bills because I'm really rooting for them, but I just couldn't bring myself to pick the favorite. So I'm quadrupling down on the uh, LA chargers and I am taking them to make the super bowl from the AFC do I actually think that they're going to do it? My answer is no, but because they were my preseason pick, I'm sticking with them, putting all my cards uh, or all my eggs in that basket, and uh, I'm going to beat take them to beat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. You need to draft Justin Herbert as your fantasy quarterback next year so you can be cured of all these Chargers hopes and dreams. <laughs> the man threw for 4,700 yards this season. Yeah, but not when it mattered most. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, 49ers and the Chargers actually played earlier this season, and the 49ers only won by six in that game. So, And hey, it was a home game for the 49ers. It was. It was, absolutely. But, again, the, 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 the sort of – Again, we, we all pick sides, right? And, you know, you and I had the 49ers in common, Darius, and Mitch, you and I had the Bengals in common. So you never know whose prediction is going to be right. It's 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 spicy. It's getting spicy. It's the great thing about the NFL playoffs. And, I mean, shoot, now, now that we make all these predictions, watch. It's going to be the Viking get out of the NFC. And then, like, I don't know the 
the Bills are just going to be the obvious answer and still make it to the Super Bowl. So they've been the favorites all year, which is why I know we have been hesitant to take them. But uh, yeah, who knows? It's what makes the NFL such a great league and the NFL so fun to watch. Anything can happen any given Sunday. Like you said, Bean, there's a lot of big spreads this week, which is kind of crazy. I'm tempted to almost just like bet on all the teams that are big underdogs because, you know, it's the playoffs. They're going to be playing. Yeah, absolutely. And you just gave everybody an idea of fading us and taking the Bills and Vikings as their Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> I don't think Kirk Cousins – I don't know if they're going to beat the Giants <laughs> this week. <laughs> you know – But what time they, – they play They play it uh, – they have the afternoon game. They're not – I mean, yeah. they are the, – the entire country is going to be watching them, but – they are not the primetime game. Yeah. I just have one thing to say. If the Vikings win the Super Bowl, I'm moving to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, I think a lot of people, um, would have similar sorts of bets or like big statements like that because, yeah, the Vikings, I think the Vikings, I've said it before. They remind me a lot of what the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers who went 12 and four and then ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs, easy schedule kind of cruised their way to a really good record. Haven't looked good against good teams and man, the giants are a dark horse. I think they could come out. The giants remind me a lot of that Seahawks team uh, when Marshawn Lynch went beast mode. So we'll see. I mean, we forget about all of the Cinderella runs that Eli Manning pulled out to win two Super Bowls. Yeah. Right? Right? So are you saying Daniel Jones is Eli Manning? (laughs) (laughs) They are kind of the same quarterback, if we're being honest. (laughs) Yeah, I I would argue Daniel Jones is a little bit more mobile, but (laughs) I I, I see the comparison that you're making. He's not the only one who's been eaten by the turf monster now on a breakaway run. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, you got uh, that eighty-yard run. Was that two years ago, or I uh, that that I was forget just it, I forget if that was last year or two years ago. But either way, boys, thank you for recording. As always, uh, it's a pleasure. Listeners, thank you for your support. I hope everybody is really excited for this NFL Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. We wish you all the best in if you have your team remaining as well as in your betting endeavors. And we will see you next week.